What's the film about? What's it really about? What genre does it hit? What is really being said? What's really being seen? That's what you're talking about. Hello, welcome and fuck off from the Intermission Podcast. <laughs> my name is Nitin Sundar and I'm as usual joined by my friend who is a new alter ego today. Who are you today, Dodi? Hi, Nitin. I was going to go with uh, Greg the Egg, but uh, I realized there'll be a massive height discrepancy. So I'm going with uh, Little Lord Fuckleroy. <laughs> We are here to review... one of our favorite tv shows succession whose three seasons have been done and we are heading into season 4 shortly so we thought we'll do a quick revisit of what's been going on in the world of waystar royco and uh, all the shenanigans that have been happening out there so succession is the theme for today's episode uh, let's dive right in dodi uh, but before that uh, what have you been watching recently anything you want to chat about yeah so i watched uh, creed 3 uh, couple oh. weeks ago how was it it works and doesn't work but jonathan majors is great michael b jordan allows given that he's directing as well it's the first time yeah. michael b is directing he allows uh, jonathan major to get the more meaty role i think the screenplay has some problems but uh, frankly michael b jordan actually good director surprisingly very very good director mm-hmm. both on the action and on you know emotional beats and things like that this is the first rocky the rock universe movie that's missing rocky right uh but they have tried some interesting things and jonathan majors i'm always in for i think this is the year creed 3 now and the week before creed 3 was antman where he's yeah. kang which he's basically going to be kang for the next couple of phases i'm not sure if i mentioned this to you he had this movie called magazine dreams at uh, sundance which no. got uh, a lot of buzz and everything so hi already being spoken of as a potential best actor nominee for next year so i feel proud of my long back i pinpointed jonathan uh, <laughs> major and said this guy is a star he's going to become a star and uh, this might be the year that happens but yeah that was fun what about you what have you been up to so far i recently watched uh, banshees of inisherin which i thought uh-huh. was a fairly fairly impactful you're all fucking boring one boring man you're all fucking boring with your piddling grievances over nothing you're all fucking boring <laughs> good one good one no yeah i was quite uh, quite moved by the film i, I thought mm-hmm. it was quite impactful another movie that i've been uh, ruminating over for the past few days is uh, mm-hmm. mammootis lijo jos periseri directorial nan pakal nerath mayakam which is actually a tamil yes, film yes. with a lot of malayalam in it um okay. and and a movie unlike any movie that i've i've seen so far and in a in a strange way i think both these movies are connected uh, banshees and uh, nanpakal nerath hopefully at some point i'll either write about it or something let's let's see okay. yeah nice nice uh, i know you've told me about tamil slash malayalam movie i will pick it up and maybe we can discuss it in more detail once i've watched it maybe on the next pod absolutely let's do that uh but before that let's get into succession uh dodi i know you have a lot of uh, notes on on this wonderful show uh, so take us in succession is from uh, jesse armstrong he's a british uh, writer 
Uh, have you seen this show called The Thick of It? Or no, this movie called In the Loop? So he he and this other guy called Armando Iannucci, who created Veep later, they basically, the precursor to Veep was this show called The Thick of It, which is about British politician fixer, not a politician, but a fixer in British politics, who's basically full of profanity, who everybody's scared of, and he's the only guy who can get shit done. It's Veep-style comedy, 30 minutes comedy, and it's insane amounts of profanity and, you know, in like very hallowed halls of uh, uh, the parliament and stuff like that. And they did that for a few years, turned it into a movie as well. And uh, finally, Ian Uchi came over to the US and did uh, Veep. Armstrong, meanwhile, he, uh, and this comes to succession, is he written a screenplay about the Murdochs. Oh, okay. About, right. uh, you know, this imaginary succession fight inside the Murdoch family, uh, right. which never got, you know, picked up, but it went on the blacklist. The blacklist is this, uh, every year there's a company which publishes the blacklist, which is the hottest screenplays that, for that, didn't make it. Haven't, that, that haven't been picked up. And that has now become a way of finding screenplays as well. They get voted on and whatever else. So uh, this screenplay was on the blacklist and, this was around the time that uh, The Big Shot came out with Adam McKay. Yeah. And McKay also is coming from, you know, the guy who's made like uh, Anchorman and uh, those kind of comedies to suddenly going into econ, world-changing financial kind of stuff. He had okay. come out, he had already directed The Big Shot. I think they somehow connected between Armstrong and McKay and it, it felt like the perfect match after Big Shot McKay wanted to get into some TV stuff, which speaks to all of these capitalism is a bad thing and all of that, but also with a complete uh, comic kind of bent. And I think what Armstrong has really picked up is politicians rambling in Veep, for example. Not that he did. Yeah. He wrote one episode of Veep. But politicians talking a lot and not really saying anything of yeah. substance, all partnership, yeah. is not very different from tech bros and... Kendall and whoever else talking a lot, but having no actual like value coming out of whatever they're saying, right? So I think yeah. somewhere he found that mix, and uh, uh, that's really the history of the show. They've uh, done three seasons so far, and now they just announced that the season they made is the final season. Uh, there are some things around that as well, which I don't think anybody knew it was the final season when it was being made, uh-huh. including okay. the actors at least. I don't know about Armstrong because uh, yeah. Shiv. Uh, Siobhan came out saying, uh, yeah. I, I wish I'd known that it was the final season. I might have approached it a little differently. If she didn't know the show was ending, that means whatever end they've written is not like the death of Logan Roy or whatever else, right? Because uh, either, that. Yeah, either that or, either that or uh, it all ties in in the last episode and that's when everyone realized. That no, but she's spoken now and the show has been like short for months now, so... Oh, so, so she she found out from the media that the show yes, is ending. Effectively, yeah. yeah. Right. After the show is done. So the ending does not have the definitive hmm. feel of an ending model, which I don't know. I guess you can work with things in the edit. Who knows? We'll find out. All right. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the story of succession and then we can get into further discussions. If you are listening to this podcast without having watched Succession, my first question to you is, fuck off. <laughs> Rather, what really are you doing with your lives? Go and watch Succession. It's one of the best shows ever. But in case uh, you wanted a bit more of a precursor, 
it's pretty much the script that uh, went to blacklist i guess and uh, the names have been changed it's uh, not openly about the murdochs it's about a very murdochian family which goes by the name uh, of roy the company at the center of this show is is called waystar royco which is run by logan roy played uh, by brian cox in some style logan roy is this aging patriarch who runs the company and he has uh, four children um, three sons that we know of <laughs> <laughs> that we know of uh, who are in the show let me put it that way yeah, yeah. Uh, three sons and a daughter all of them characters that have been uh, forged by the fact that they are part of the roy family that they've yeah. been brought up by uh, a fairly abusive and absent father whose uh, mm-hmm. focus through life has pretty much been winning and running his com- company more than anything else and and in fact even more than that just feeding his own inflated ego they're all Uh, you know tormented and shaped by these experiences fairly incompetent at the same time living in extreme luxury with insane amounts of power uh, delusions of grandeur ambition and what not and mm-hmm. this uh, the show is about how these kids these four kids are trying to wrest control uh, from the father even ha- as uh, he's entering the last stages of his life yeah. almost he's, he's aging uh, he has a lot of health issues uh, through the course of the show and they're hoping that they will you know the succession yeah. would happen and uh, it's about them jockeying for power amongst themselves and against the yeah. father and, and with uh, the father as well with the father as well looking for yeah. like approval from dad so whoever wins either by being on his yeah. side when he's going out yeah. or by kicking him out wins. yeah that's kind of yeah. They, yeah exactly they're looking to win while also seeking validation from their father so three seasons done we're going into the fourth season now it's been one of the the best shows on tv i would say in the last 3 uh, or 4 years uh, mm-hmm. and the reason why it works for me at least is a obviously the characters are extremely well written i believe it's one of those shows uh, one of the many shows and movies that we've been seeing in recent times which deal with the one percenters it's yeah it's uh, we spoke about this yeah we spoke about this in our uh, india review where i actually spoke about the third season of succession as well yeah. and this show takes a very very interesting a very cynical ringside view of the one percenters must be said and in addition to the characters i think what really makes the show work is the sharp writing the dialogues yeah. the dialogue is is just gold yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. no other way to put it it has everything in it i mean there's sharpness there's wit there's comedy there's timing pretty much everything that you would mm-hmm. expect and uh, yeah great production value a lot of uh, imaginative use of profanity as well he's like a sex robot for dad to fuck he's like an old beaten dog well he's both of those things and also a piece of shit one of the most entertaining shows out there i've always enjoyed the show but over the last season at least i have kind of gotten a little distance from whether it's really pantheon show or just very good entertainment that happens to be very well acted and i think we can get into some of my issues with the current version of the show that it is I in uh, fact I agree with you there I agree yeah. with you there I think uh, the material the way it was set up in the mm-hmm. first season season and a half it yeah. potentially could have been a pantheon show but yeah. I don't think it is quite lived up to that mm-hmm. I definitely felt uh, at least in the third season some of the beats are just repeating themselves over exactly. and over again and uh, yeah and and sometimes yes. the conflicts that are being created in the show uh, are being built up to be such massive ground shaking exactly. events and then yeah. three episodes later they just resolve in yeah. an extremely tame lame fashion yeah. which also by the way is, is also a reflection of how the world functions right the, sure. the world of business actually functions too yeah. but i find it a bit of a 
disappointment with the show yeah. results to those kinds of escapes so yeah it's, i agree with exactly you exactly my problem is that the stakes aren't really there they pretend yeah. like there's stakes and there are no stakes uh, yeah. nothing much has for all intents and purposes nothing much has really changed the the stakes are rarely well done they're all <laughs> very medium class <laughs> double double that <laughs> i have a very good example of this and you said like three episodes later but literally the next episode do you remember when they had the fbi raid uh the episode yeah. ended with an fbi raid and uh, yeah. logan is screaming saying don't let them in and yeah, yeah, yeah. like mad kick them out and uh, jerry is saying they are the cops these are not the people you can kick out they will bust the door and yeah. come in and yeah. finally he says okay fine and slot of like quick cuts full tension next episode yeah if i remember and i don't remember the later episode but the next episode the way the fbi raid is referred to do you remember none of the characters refer to it it's on the background on a television screen while uh, while kendall and uh, ah okay uh, greg are speaking in the background the television screen is saying yes some raid happened and something <laughs> and nothing much comes out of it you're right that it's reflective of the real world but in that scenario logan should not get perturbed right it's like yeah okay come i'll make two phone calls i'll call the president he's on my yeah. hotline then at least be true to the character logan's also getting perturbed but yeah. also there's no impact that is the problem that's where my disconnect is if you're saying this is how the world is like and these guys don't care i'm okay with that yeah yeah that's fine that totally makes sense it tracks but then they should react like that even if maybe kendall is hoping that the fbi raid will do something logan is so confident he's like yeah let anyone come that would have been at least yeah. in keeping with the character and at least he then knows how the world works exactly him. so I, and that's I, yeah. the kind of problem i've been having no absolutely but, and i know we are in peak spoiler territory here yeah, so yeah. might as well continue but uh, one of the biggest smoking guns in the show is the uh, controversy around the cruise lines where yeah, you know you have yeah. yeah and and while that one doesn't resolve in a couple of episodes it resolves yeah, over it's a long time in the course of the next season almost but yeah. it's not that uh, it's it's resolving in a step by step manner I, yeah. ultimately it just resolves and they're like okay they didn't find anything yeah, yeah. Right. and um, Yeah. so much of discussion of somebody will go to jail and nobody yeah. does and nobody which does. again yeah. nobody even comes close to yeah, yeah due to the confidence of saying no one will go to jail that is not for everybody but maybe logan saying no one will go to jail because he has that confidence maybe the others are not sure and maybe obviously like somebody like a tom yeah. will still be scared of what if it's me who ends up going to jail which can still work like all yeah. the comedy around tom can work even while everybody else believes no one is going to jail but someone like a tom or a greg yeah. they've not lived in that wealthy scenario and they don't know that yeah. money yeah. can buy you anything if you could still have all the comedy of the jail stuff all that research of jail food it won't taste as good as this either okay you have to take off 30 to 50% of the taste of that endless salty gym mat that you're eating camel's labia yeah like they wipe their ass on your pillowcase I know. That's something they like to do. I've read the prison blogs, Greg. I know. Nonsense that those two do. <laughs> While having the characters be true to jail is not a real possibility for anybody at that 1% or 0.1% yeah. level, right? So those are the kind of things that slightly irked me, but then I made peace with it in a particular way. So let's come to then the other kind of question that I had, which is Is this show a comedy or a drama? Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I think I, I mean think I have so. a thought, but go ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay, it's open. Ah, uh, 
I do think it's a it's a mix of both, and, and yeah. those are the kind of shows that I love the most. So yeah, it's yeah. a proper dramedy, I would say, and uh, it also it doesn't take itself too seriously. It never gets into the drama. Never gets so full of uh, pathos that it becomes serious at any point in time, right? So there is this slightly removed sense of uh, yeah know, fish fishball exper- experience that you have when you watch the show. Yeah, uh, you know yeah. that these are. terrible people you know doing terrible yeah. things most of the time so you don't yeah, really yeah. sympathize with anybody in yeah. the show whatever shit they're going through yeah. right and uh, it's only and i guess candles acting way. every now and then where i mean jeremy strong's acting that brings a lot of pathos to that one character but that because yeah, he's but, like acting at another level that's not yeah. because the show yeah but even 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 that is uh, even that yeah. is caricaturized by the way the show is set up right yeah. yeah kendall is being kendall and yeah. we all know he got into method acting and all of that pissed off yeah, the rest yeah. of his cast and whatnot yeah. which we should uh, also which was briefly do a side which 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 adds its its own level of comedy into that yeah. bit yeah so for me it's more a more a comedy than a, a comedy and a dramedy i would say yeah but yeah. so yeah. i i mean i've come down on it's a comedy in a drama this may sound like a cheap but it's a, it's a comedy in drama dressing right it's one hour it looks like it's all serious stuff going on but it's a comedy mm. um i initially treated it like a drama and i was looking for stakes and character growth and resolution and stuff like that and none of that really happened and once i yeah. think, once i came down on you know what this is actually a comedy then even this stuff with the stakes does not matter then you think of a sitcom you think of a friends or whatever else or a seinfeld when at the end of the episode everything has like come back to normal in the episode it feels like the biggest thing but nothing changes next episode exactly the same you have to reset to zero interesting point that you raise was this uh, assumption that this is not comedy or that this is drama how did you come to that uh, no, sort of okay, expectation yeah, so, was it just the duration of the show or was there more to it first is duration then you look at the actors like these are not comedy actors you showed me we even if you told yeah. me anything about we if it hadn't told me anything about we just looking at that cast it's very obviously a comedy those are all comic actors they are improvisers they are uh, people right. who come from comedy clubs and stuff like that uh, but you look here you've got brian cox who's been doing shakespeare for like 40 years 50 years of his career you have jeremy strong who's this like method method all of the others are legit actors and uh, you know we should talk more about the actors later as well but the dressing of the show is very much a drama it may happen to be funny but the dressing of the show is a drama oh mm-hmm. there are stakes it's like news these guys are like fox news they they very quickly got out of the uh i mean they never promised that the show would also show the impact of the kind of nonsense they do on everybody else mm-hmm. the fact that atn is effectively fox news affects the world in a particular they never gone into that and that's totally fine they don't have to they were very yeah. clear that this is only about these bunch of idiots in this I don't, yeah but i was hoping that there would be stakes which there aren't and for me now i find it easier to reconcile i find it easier mm-hmm. to not worry about the fact that there are no stakes if i think of it as a comedy where some nonsense happens but by the end everybody is literally back to square a which is how a comedy functions and when i say comedy also i mean traditional your sitcom kind of comedy right where whatever galata happens in the episode by the end everything is back to normal it's not a one to one comparison but it's the way i have reconciled and i enjoy the show much better i i rated much higher as a comedy than i do as a drama of course it's got elements of both and all of that but my personal resting point is if it's a comedy i can deal with it easier 
if i think of it as a drama it frustrates me this fbi stuff and all this frustrates me that you are setting up stakes and not doing it i am very interested by the way you have defined what a comedy and a drama might be because mm-hmm. now as you say it if i think about this show if i think about succession Mm-hmm. i would not term it as a comedy in the way i see what a comedy is right yeah. and just purely by comparing it with all the other comedy shows mm-hmm. out there where lines are written for the laughs and situations yeah. are set up for the laughs there are episodes yeah. of succession where you would not laugh at all actually yeah. there aren't probably no, right? there actually are there are yeah. but no but um, you're right about not looking yeah. for the laughs yeah no and this I, is a very specific lens i'm putting on the structure and the stakes i'm taking only the stakes and saying stakes are there or are not there it's literally that so i'm taking only one pivot point and jumping but yeah go ahead the stakes argument right which we mm-hmm. which we spoke about earlier also we have a problem with the way the show proceeds because the stakes that are established as massive are the payoffs in, of those stakes aren't mm-hmm. as massive as they made out to be that could be just a flaw in the writing and might not be because this is a comedy as opposed to a drama right they might have just not been able to shape their stakes better yeah uh, for whatever reason and on that same note deep has massive stakes right uh, massively well written stakes too which really play out over the course of that show but yeah. that show is a comedy out and out yeah. so i think there yeah. are lines that blur on... yeah sorry yes yeah. to jump in on deep stakes deep yeah. stakes <laughs> sweet stakes <laughs> yeah. the massive stakes only happen at certain points where they felt the show needed some like for 3 years she was just has the present call has the present call present never call Mm-hmm. at some point they were like okay this is getting boring we need to get to the next level so then the president went out and they went and they made the whole season about the election and they said let's get out of this rut so it was a conscious decision not of storytelling but mm-hmm. of how many times can we do this where she thinks she's mm-hmm. going to become president let's mm-hmm. actually do the damn election okay fine so we'll do one season of election so it was them you see what i'm saying it's not the stakes inside each episode in mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. it was them saying we got bored let's do something else how wrong can we run with this what i yeah. also like by the way about uh, what i found interesting in what you said is that in a comedy at the end of the episode everything returns to status quo what you're indirectly saying is every episode is self contained mm-hmm. you can enjoy every show every yeah, episode yeah. as it is you don't necessarily need to follow a through line as you go from one episode to another whereas in a drama you would have to yeah. uh, which again is a, is an interesting observation interesting yeah. point i don't know we should probably ask the writers what what they intend <laughs> intend in the class no, and that that also brings us back to the other thing right these guys are comedy writers who have picked up they are comedy writers writer. yeah that doesn't mean they can't write drama and all that but i'm just saying i find it easier to match on this line so but the way you if you look at it also right like if you just look at logan roy's uh, character mm-hmm. or, yeah. or the lines that he has to do in the show uh, brian cox is obviously a, a drama legend and that's how he came yeah. into this but mm-hmm. his role is is straight out drama actually if you think about it yeah. right uh, i mean yeah. he delivers some very funny lines uh, mm-hmm. and all of that is part of very funny the situation. characters think they are in a drama the characters are not yeah. in a comedy from their perspective they are in a drama everything is ah okay oh, got it yeah but since we were talking about stakes that's the thing that kind of i came down on if i think of this as a comedy it's much easier to not get frustrated with hey you made such a big deal about this fbi thing yeah no, which which is also interesting because say 20 years back you would have not had this confusion because the sitcoms had laugh yeah sitcoms laugh had laugh tracks yeah. right? you know exactly things what a sitcom is right the lines so are blurred speak. Right. Yeah. and ever since the documentary style came you got modern family which had this very yeah, yeah. and approach yeah. to a a comedy which yeah. i think was the first breakout and the office of course was also there yeah. and now and yeah there are other comedies that are potentially dramas there are half hour things yes. 
Yeah. I mean, the uh, other thing was 30 minutes versus one hour. It's, it's Barry drama movie. or comedy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, lines are massively blurred. And this is also in that blurred line only. Like even Barry. Barry has takes. Uh, the story continuously moves forward. It does, but is it is it a sitcom? Is it is it a drama? No, that's a where does it land? Uh, yeah. That's more of a drama that happens to be funny. Uh, <laughs> this is yeah, I know it's a anyway a blurring line, but I thought it would yeah. be an interesting conversation to see where you land on the comedy versus it's drama. A good point. We were talking about the actors, right? We're talking about Brian Cox being like a Shakespearean legend and all that. Uh, succession is also like chock-a-block with people who come in for like one scene, one episode, and they're all New York theater actors. They're Broadway actors. They're not really screen actors. They're all people who are high legends of uh, theater and uh, Broadway. Uh, are Frank, the CEO, CEO, whatever role yeah. he is currently, which keeps changing <laughs> week on week or even within the same episode. He's a big... Uh, uh, theater guy, Broadway guy. Jerry is a huge uh, Broadway uh, actress. Um, yeah. Even uh, Sandy is primarily known. I mean, now he's sitting as a vegetable. God knows if he's still around, if he's alive or not in the next season. Yeah. He is also a um, major theater actor. So they've populated it with acting actors. You know, it's, and, and Adrian it works really Brody well. shows up suddenly. Yeah. Adrian Brody shows up. Uh, uh, do you know Reed Bernie's? You saw menu, right? I saw the menu. Yes. So the menu is also from the same gang. Mark Mylord is the Mark director Lord, yeah. of half of the more than yeah. half of the episodes. Lots of the maybe. episodes. Yeah. 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 Lots, if not more. And uh, um, the old guy couple who get the guy who gets his fingers cut off. Yes. 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 Reed Bernie. Yeah. He's there in one episode in Succession. He's a very famous uh, theater actor as well. He's there in somewhere in the middle of the second episode as one of the politicians who yeah. comes for some. Uh, some discussion with uh, Logan, but overall, I think very good job on actors and people just performing and then letting people figure out their character as well. I think they didn't really expect Jeremy Strong to go in like full method <laughs> on this whole thing. But as he started doing that, they were like, okay, fine, you do your thing. Like they allowed uh, Roman, Karen Kalkan, as they realized he was good at improvising, they allowed him to like say nonsense in the back of other scenes. So yeah. that way, I think uh, the idea of, and this comes back to a couple of conversations we've had before, is the idea of TV being a bit more of an, uh, a feedback-based, not just feedback with the audience, but even feedback within the creative. Oh, we wrote two, three episodes and somebody did some fun stuff. Somebody, the next three uh, that four changes three, the way the show goes. Yeah. And we'll write to those strengths and we'll write to those uh, chemistries. Uh, you would not have planned that Greg and uh, Tom would become a pairing. <laughs> But somehow it worked. They did a few scenes and then, then you find the thing that makes them connected, right? They're both... Really? I, I think I think it would have always been the plan. Unless they've come out Might and said that. Not, yeah. I mean, they haven't said that. I'm just saying that some of these things yeah. you come later. I, I didn't need to pick that as a, a proven example. But for example, uh, Jesse Armstrong has spoken about uh, uh, in the vein of Jesse Pinkman and all of those that uh, Logan Roy was originally supposed to die by the end of the first season. Hmm. And then they were like, okay, this is just the story that yeah. we're in, so we'll continue with this. Now I'm wondering, I mean, Brian Cox is great, but I'm wondering now if they wouldn't have been better off killing him in the first season and having like general havoc for three seasons where nobody knows who's on top is also still 
potentially okay but anyway this is what if can be might have been a might have been a very different show i am i am yeah. thinking about it now i i don't see the show working without they had written it all. but that's what they had kind of thought because interesting this is like better call saul right where they wanted yeah. they wanted uh, jimmy to become saul at the end of first season <laughs> yeah. and then they decided to not do that so it's you, almost like that as yeah. you start writing you figure out what you want to do where how many steps you can actually create between point a and point b so yeah. i find those stories fascinating behind the scenes uh but here's the thing right? the show is called succession we have not yet had a succession like there's a promise in the huh. title of the show but it's i mean obviously but the other way to say it is that when it happens the show is over but i don't know that yeah. that still needs to be true who's your favorite actor on the show we'll get to characters afterwards but let's talk a little bit about actors ah okay my favorite actor on the show i will go with logan roy yeah mm. for sure because yeah he just owns every scene that he's a part yeah. of it and in a sense i guess it also feeds from the character that he plays he is the alpha dog in yeah. every situation that he is a part of uh, but i think he's just embodied that that character so perfectly plays that role so pitch perfect well yeah from an acting perspective i, yeah. I really i really love everything that he does on screen but uh, to be honest i think the entire cast yeah. is fabulous yeah, yeah. there isn't a it single person there is a single person in the show who looks yeah. uh, you know miscast or mm-hmm. out of their depth at what they're doing yeah. everyone including uh, alan rucks girlfriend yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone of them yeah yeah Everybody's and everyone is they're playing their characters so yeah, yeah. having a very good time yeah i, I love alan ruck so. yeah huh. the the eldest brother what's his name yeah connor yeah. connor yeah connor for president connor for president absolutely <laughs> i mean i what a what a delusional yeah. clown <laughs> in that yeah. he plays that role so well right uh, yeah and also in my brief like uh, power rewatch that i did the number of times somebody will be like you know kendall as the eldest son and he'll give her <laughs> yeah. <a> yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, i mean second eldest of course you are the eldest <laughs> yeah. and in the last uh, in the final episode they actually argue about it as well yeah, Some, yeah. So he says eldest somebody says eldest son among the four siblings and this guy yeah. gets into a whole fight saying i'm the eldest son i'm the eldest <laughs> and he walks away from that table uh but no, talking about brian cox said right, uh, for me it's that scene in the boardroom in the first uh, season when that failed uh, takeover attempt happens uh, yeah our man kendall's running the streets there's not actually a lot of meaningful dialogue that brian cox is giving in that scene but he just stares everyone down yeah 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 the whole realize they don't let yeah. him leave i mean he yeah. they keep asking to leave he refuses to leave and he just sits there and slowly barks at everyone yeah and like oh you want to say something what are you going to say say <laughs> like he just like looks at each of them and that presence and all of that i think that's with lesser actors you would need a lot more dialogue to make that work you would but yeah. with somebody like a brian cox you're already quaking in your boots just being in the general vicinity in the radius of uh, attack around uh, brian cox yeah I want to talk a little bit about uh, Jeremy Strong. Of course, he's doing his full method acting, and uh, I, I think I sent you a few uh, articles also. Too, but Brian Cox just being like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." This whole method acting bullshit. Yeah. He's yeah. some old school acting. Is acting. Yeah. Isn't that? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I have. I don't know if I told this uh, story on the pod. It's potentially an apocryphal story, but even this method acting and all started in the seventies. Prior to that, it's classical acting. It's a craft. yeah and if you have the craft and you're good at it you can act anything that's the yeah. general understanding of the way 
classical acting happens right method will be like full no no i have to become the character and there's a story of uh, i think it's the marathon man destin hoffman and lawrence olivier is playing some nazi dentist uh, you might right. even have heard the story it's a very famously uh, told yeah. story whether it's true or not and uh, there's some torture scene or something so sir lawrence olivier who has been acting for like yeah. decades and decades and destin hoffman is an up and coming actor so hoffman the scene is i think uh, there uh he's been chased and caught or something so they have to yeah. do that scene and hoffman turns up for the shot and he's like panting and sweating and lawrence yeah. olivier sir lawrence olivier asks him what happened why are you like sweating <laughs> he said no i need to be in, like i'm supposed to be just chased and all that so i ran twice around the park and i came and lawrence olivier looks at him and says next time dear <laughs> boy try acting <laughs> yeah Right, so I think uh, Cox is also in the same zone. He's just like I yeah. don't understand these youngsters why they have to do all this nonsense. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I don't know how much of Brian Cox's uh, reaction was the philosophical disagreement with method acting as opposed to Jeremy Strong just being uh, completely unbearable. Yeah, completely yeah. unbearable. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because yeah, I imagine spending twenty-four hours, uh, you know, many months together with yeah. the actual OG Kendall Roy. I mean, nobody is yeah. going to have fun on that set. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spouting absolute nonsense. Cox has been outspoken. No? Even at the BAFTA, he was presenting some award. Yeah. And uh, the other person said, like the banter before presenting the award, the other person said something about actors, this, that, and method acting. This brought right. up method acting. And Cox was like, that's all bullshit. Like, gently, <laughs> 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 uh, that's all nonsense. You know, oh, yeah. acting is acting. There's no method in all of this. So, I mean, old man doesn't give a fuck also. So he just does whatever he wants. Uh, but no, but Kendall is good. I mean, and Kendall has this real good sense of his eyes. Just when he suddenly goes from trying to be this confident guy to becoming yeah. this lost, you can boy, see it in his. You can see it in his, his face. eyes. Just start going back like yeah. into themselves. Yeah. You watch Americans, right? So Matthew Reese, you know. There was like a couple of seasons of Americans in the middle where Matthew Reese would have this really sad look on his face. His lips go down on the sides and he gets this little hang dog look, but it's like unbearably sad. And Jeremy Strong also has that right. um, moment where he's able to control his lips. The sides of his lips just go down and he looks like tremendously lost and sad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, great actor. I really enjoy even uh, Roman's physical comedy. Yeah, have you noticed Roman the way like, people have called it out now. There yeah, he keeps. Yeah, he doesn't sit wiring. properly in a chair. He does, yeah, he doesn't. He yeah. never sits properly in and a chair. And he wears these extremely not. tight, extremely tight yeah. shirts, straightening his uh, back. Yeah, uh, he's always he's, like yeah, physically yeah. responding to the tension in a scene. If he's uncomfortable, you can see him like bending, yeah. contorting, yeah. trying to lean yeah. on something. So everybody's yeah, picked up some fun thing that they do, and yeah. obviously all performances are very good. Uh, Matthew McFadden, Matthew McFadden also as Tom oh, is again one of those. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. like in in the uk he does like pride and prejudice and all of that so he's that yeah. type of actor so he's come here and they're all giving like like yeah. i said they're all giving strong drama performances that also happen to be exceedingly funny extremely or, funny yeah. yeah yeah let's go to characters no i mean uh-huh. i think the acting is fine but yeah. who is your favorite roy sibling roy sibling mm. Mm. i have to go with roman most entertaining <laughs> to be honest I agree. Yeah, it's like, and yeah, this is a, it's an easy one. Yeah, true. Yeah, I have to go to one most entertaining, but also, and this maybe we can use this to segue. He's comparatively the only self-aware one of all of them. Uh, they are yeah. all delusional. They all <laughs> yeah. think they are much smarter than they are. 
Yeah, Roman knows he's not. Uh, yeah, Roman knows exactly who he is. Yeah, and, he's uh, much yeah, closer. Right. He still thinks he's worth something in the world, which he's not. But, uh, but at least he's his his delta of what he thinks he is versus what he actually is is much he's, lower and less delusional than anybody else. True. Who are all like completely off the base with their true, and that includes Kendall as well. No, it absolutely includes Kendall. Kendall is a full-on puff piece. Yeah, but Roman actually is also the smartest of the lot. when he actually gets down to doing work when he says things who, he says the only, he's the only one who actually says correct things when he ends up he saying says, yeah and and when he puts his mind to it he gets down to yeah. you know the bottom yeah. of things that he's talking about so yeah yeah uh, somebody was making this comparison to the godfather okay where the final uh, scene the final scene obviously is very godfatherish yeah. yeah. but also if you just take like godfather and kids and you say okay brian cox is godfather Of course, Roman is very easily Fredo, but to be fair, everybody's Fredo. There's really everybody's no Fredo. Yeah. Everybody's Fredo. They're just different oh. versions of Fredo, but yeah. they're all yeah. idiots who think they are way smarter yeah. than they are. Uh, yeah, Kendall especially. And I think that was the other problem for me in the first few episodes. Jeremy Strong's thing was not hitting for me, and uh, I, I don't know what it was. I'm not. I, now I know what it was. It took me a while to realize. I was expecting him to be the prince or the stud who would. Prove his dad or whatever, and it only took me until this failed takeover episode when I realized, oh, this guy is actually like I don't know. Maybe I wasn't watching it correctly. In hindsight, now if I watch those episodes, it might be more obvious. But I initially came into it thinking, okay, this is one. He's the real successor who's going to be the stud. Then whatever. So I was approaching it very straightforwardly. Mm. He's yeah. genuinely incompetent, and that's the performance. And then like even Jeremy's performance really fit in. Jeremy every time he speaks, also any time he's given the opportunity to. There's a scene where Bangkok's asks him also, "What are you going to do if you take over?" Yeah, and he just like you know, he's like, "Ah, we know, we'll, 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 uh, we'll uh, do yeah. some, like any." And even in the first season, a lot of his dialogue, if you start stripping out, it's a lot of jumbo. mumbling. Yeah, it's yeah. mumbo jumbo, and it's actually words. <laughs> But there's also a lot of uh, I, um, uh, he's yeah, just yeah. struggling to even string together a sentence. Ah, uh, no, I was saying if you look at the title track. it mm-hmm. sort of gives away what the storyline is going to be because mm-hmm. you have uh, you have this dad who is trying to you know culture his kids uh, obviously yeah. introduce them to the uh, good things the big things the important things so he's getting them to go on ponies he's getting them to play tennis uh, but there is also the scene right in the middle of that song where the father is hunched and walking away in a distance right mm-hmm. it's clearly the walk of a father who is disappointed with his progeny yeah and there is then this group photo that happens in the end with the kids the kids are all looking at the dad very longingly especially mm-hmm. the the supposed anointed successor which is kendall obviously yeah and then as kendall's looking at him by the way even away. here uh, connor missing no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah true true <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah the, i think that title song is brilliant right uh, it yeah. it also has sarah snook walking with a dog which which looks bigger than her it, it's yeah, very yeah. uh yeah, you know, very yeah. symptomatic and emblematic of what their lives are going to be and and i think that last scene is just the perfect one right because the father just slowly walks yeah. out of the yeah. frame yeah. and the and camera pans to kendall who is looking at his dad you know yeah. looking for that uh for that approval from his dad so which is why i feel that i can't imagine the show if brian cox had died at the end of the first season yeah. i don't know what the show would have been i did probably would have jumped the shark Very early, that's, and that's, I don't think he'll die. I don't think he'll die by the end of the. He's day. not dying because he's not dying. I think now it's a prediction we know because yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty early. Uh, yeah, 
No, so two, three things coming out of there. First, we'll just quickly sidebar into the credit sequence um, for two things. One, have you seen the game, David Fincher, the game? I um, have. Michael Long Douglas. back, yeah. So Michael Douglas keeps watching old footage of his uh, parents, uh, Sean Penn and him, and uh, as a kid, he's roaming around. That is exactly like this. I'll find the title oh, okay, okay. online. But they look the same. The oh, okay, opening credits of this, it's shot with that old, this thing, it's these vignettes of some oh. photographs, some horse riding. It's almost entirely the same. Obviously, this is shot again, but it's oh. you, if you put those two side by side, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. It's clearly influenced by that. But the other thing I want to talk about is very quickly um, Nicholas Brittle's theme. Like great music, great. Theme. Yeah, yeah. It's coming back very perfectly done, like it solid uh, work there, right? And I find myself humming the yeah, same here. And and it's, it's one of those uh, songs that I never skip if I'm watching yeah. the show. Also because yeah. it doesn't come right at the start, it comes yeah, a it couple comes of minutes in. Yeah, and you've sort of built up beautifully to it, and I want to then listen to it at that point. It's one of the most organic, yeah, uh, you know, like title tracks in so, in TV shows that yeah. I've seen. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, Brittle doing some great work there, and he. Every time he comes up with something good, even his movies, all of that, he does very wow. good stuff. They're looking for their dad's approval, right? And Brian Cox, there's one time, uh, I just want to bring this up about his character, is that there's one time he properly gives Kendall a hug and he gives the uh, kind of yeah. dad approach, which is the end of the first season after all yeah. of that. After he finds out. yeah, You're my number one boy, you're my boy, you're my number one boy and he hugs him and Kendall is crying and whatever else. Yeah. But even that, I mean, it was never meant to be genuine, but it's completely manipulative, right? He's also... Yeah, no, that's basically when he finds currency. Yeah, Ah, but even his hugging his son is a currency that he's paying out to get the thing that he wants, right? He's not even... uh, uh, There's no genuine, like, my son feels bad, so I need to hug him. It is basically. No, yeah, it's like, absolutely not. It's I know your secret and you're forever going yeah. to be my slave now. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's it's it. that. that's, Yeah, that's uh, what it is. And also, I mean, we all remember that line. You remember that you're my number one boy and him crying. That's how the episode ends. In yeah, bit, that's how the episode ends, which is a powerful way to end the episode. But that's not actually the last line of that episode. The last line of that episode is in that scene only. He's arguing. He's crying. He says, "You're my number one boy." And then he says, Colin, and that bodyguard fixer guy comes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gets him to take him away. You're my boy. You're my number one boy. Sorry. No, 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 no. Colin. Yeah. Which is a very, okay, now my transaction oh, is my job is done. On yeah. to my 10.30 meeting. Colin, please bring in yeah. the next person or whatever. Deal with this. Like, yeah. The, nice. yeah. Please take this guy and go and bring in the next. So it's very transactional. It ends with that. You know, so yeah. when you think you're watching potentially a tender moment, even if it is oh, mixed yeah. with some machination, no, it is only right. manipulation. It's only machination. It's only There's nothing else. Which that brings me to the next thing, right? So, what is winning for these characters? 
Is it getting their father's approval? Is it actually taking over the company? Remember that in the end of the third season, when they say, what will you do with this extra 5 billion if you don't sell now? Put yeah. it on your pile with the rest of the billions. And he said, yeah. you're going to make your own fucking piles. Yeah. What what is what is your idea of what is a win for these kids? What is it that they're really winning? Do they want to win the company? Do they want to win dad's I approval? Think- I think they want to win the company because they have been craving the dad's approval all through. And I think that's mm-hmm. the only thing that matters to them. They obviously are living very comfortable lives. There's no existential threat or risk or anything of that sort. Mm-hmm. They're anyway far removed from the realities of the world and all of that. And they don't really, even if they, they don't, don't even, the they don't company, even care. They still have the money. I mean, they, they, yeah, still they have the, money. the company. Exactly. They're just not exactly. the CEO. So that's some random. Yeah. No, so that's the thing. Right? See, they, have, power they, have, they don't know how to wield. They have always lived in money, right? So yeah. it's not like uh, money is not something that they earned and have learned to appreciate. So yeah. money is pretty much their default state. Yeah, default state. So it's, yes. it's not any. It's, it's not any different from what they were, you know, 10, 10 years yeah. before or whatever. What they have never. No, I'm had. saying they'll still hold this. They'll also still they'll hold have, the shares. They will so have all of it. They're as rich as they'll be. It's just a matter of yeah. some bragging right of being able to say we are in control of the company or we are the CEO. Which also no idea okay. that they are. Your question but, is, what are they trying to do at the end of season three, or what are they trying to do in general? Because the end of season yeah, three chart is a bit different, right? Yeah, yeah. No, both. But anyway, go ahead. So they are. Let's come to what they are really creating. Like, what what would you what? say they have won if they won? If we had to say at the end of the show, kids or one of the kids has won. I don't think they can win together. Go? I don't no. think they can win together, and I don't think any of them is going to win. <laughs> no. But I think victory is one of them for any of them to become the head of Baystar Royco would be a win because uh, because that would be them proving to uh, their siblings, I believe, and and also more importantly to their father that That, they have something that they're worthy of. Yeah, we have we have your blood in us, sir. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the only thing that they've not achieved in life, right? See, everything in life has been handed down to them. Hmm. Uh, free of cost, right? Yeah. Even the respect that they get from someone like a Jerry or any of the others hmm. in that group or anyone, even the biggest politician in the world, the president of the United States is all a dole that they've received because of whose kids yes. they are. The only person who can actually give them real respect hmm. is their father. And they know who has systematically withheld it ever and ever and forever even when they were kids yes for multiple reasons i mean he has yeah. withheld everything from them he has yeah. withheld love from them yeah why is withheld respect from them is is very obvious they aren't worthy of respect they yeah. aren't worthy of his respect but they are yeah. also the way they are because of him but that's what it is i think the only reason they've been jockeying for power from mm-hmm. and you keep seeing that right like the show does this beautiful thing with cameras throughout right where mm-hmm. it suddenly zooms into yeah some Micro-expression, yeah. The micro-expression thing. And you very often see that zoom-in happen uh, specifically with uh, Sarah Snook, right? With Shavan's face. Because... Often her eyes are looking at her dad to see... Yeah, and Brian Cox, not Brian Cox, but uh, Logan Roy knows when to... She's the most easily playable of all three. She's the most easily playable. Yeah. When he says, you're my little girl, come here, I'll... Why don't you do yeah. this for me? She completely melts. She's the most like daddy's little yeah. girl, unable to push back against any little bit of affection. At least the other two are Roman is a little bit like aloof. And yeah. Kendall now over time has realized that he can be manipulated. He still gets manipulated, but he also yeah. has some distance. But she has none. She can she see can for see others, but she can't exactly. see it for herself. She can't she see it for others. Always falls for it. 
ஒன்னும்ஸ்பெக்ட் This guy on the other hand Kendall knows that that respect is not easy to come by. He spent an yeah. entire life pushing yeah. against that wall failing repeatedly. Uh, and he's and the he, one who's been straightforwardly following in his dad's footsteps. Yes, he was in that, politics is that she had tried something else and then he Ah she's she is trying to get his attention by doing other things like yeah. right? And and Kendall yes, has been trying to do it straight and narrow pushing hard yeah. hard just not good yeah. enough right? Someone knows he's not good enough but he's just trying to put hard work and get there. Roy yeah. uh, sorry Roman like we said is the most self aware of the three. yeah uh, and probably doesn't care so much for it also but he does in fact his character turn in the mm-hmm. last episode of season 3 was i would say one of the more surprising ones for me through the course of the show mm-hmm. the fact that he actually banded together with the siblings yeah uh, right at the end Uh, he struggles also, you know. He refuses to get in the car itself. He's like standing in the car. He's like testing and like, Roman, get in the fucking car. <laughs> yeah, but after yeah. he gets in, he is uh, fully into it, right? And, yeah. And even in the last scene, he is the one that... He's fully uh, into it. He gets, like, even in the car, he has to be convinced. He's like, oh, fuck, okay. Oh, yeah. okay, fine. I'm like, oh, it's yeah. constantly like... You're right, you're he's right. He's the most uh, vocally, but, like, stuck between... We don't yeah, want to but do. but let me say from the moment they get out of the car okay yeah, he's fully yes yes he's fully in no, and he even says okay don't don't pull off a bali on me or whatever right yeah, because yeah. that's where you he was left because i'll go in and you guys will fuck off okay. and and it falls on him again inside because yeah. uh, the first person that uh, logan tries to break is he's romulus in, right and, and yeah. yeah and he holds and he holds steadfast he holds and he begs he says he, please he holds he begs and he's and he's and he is dead now he's he's dead as <laughs> yeah. in fact yeah. that scene ends with him on the floor and kendall yeah. is like he's sitting on the ground holding the table and kendall is yeah, a, a reversal of the earlier the yeah. reversal of the earlier scene yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah dad please 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 the seat sniffer gets a fucking leg up that's a deal what have you got in your fucking hand What have I got? I don't know. Fucking love? Love? You come for me with love. You bust in here, guns in hand, and now you find they've turned to fucking sausages. You talk about love? Who is your favorite non-sibling character oh. in the show? man it keeps going there there are so many like uh, pinch hitter players who keep coming <laughs> in and going out uh no the main cast main cast we'll main cast i genuinely and this will be a cheat but i genuinely genuinely enjoy uh, frank and carl's yeah tennis match that's constantly going on yeah where they are the balls in that tennis match getting fucked <laughs> 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 I say tennis match. I don't say between them, but yeah. they're like, I don't want to be the ball in this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Movement and their musical chairs of which ball is getting played right yeah. now. Yeah, so the speech that this guy has to give in that uh, in the urinary tract infection episode. 
which goes on and on and on that <laughs> without a speech right without doing yeah. water <laughs> speaking i think it was frank yeah it's yeah it just keeps going on no uh, we we definitely need to dedicate at least 3 to 4 minutes of this episode to uh, tom wamskans and to of course yeah yeah i think Greg. he's yeah good point yeah and greg sure but i think wamskans is actually doing a number of things right he's again playing a highly dramatic role in the middle of all this galata yeah yeah like he is yeah. like oh, yeah, a fabulous broken. character yeah he knows that yeah. his wife doesn't love him he knows that he's an outsider in this family he knows that he has no other value except somehow making this work he's like yeah. struggling on multiple levels greg is yeah. still more of an out and out not out and out but it's easier to slot him as comedy It's easier yeah. to slot him as an extraneous character who happens to be around doing some galata. Once in a while, he's useful because he has kept some papers and stuff, shading them. So he's like <laughs> timely, happens to be around with the right information at times. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Tom is the most truly toned character in the show. Yeah, and uh, of course, yeah, McFadden just like oh yes, it gets yeah. all of that out and even makes the meanness seem like a byproduct of the. It's a result of everything. It's he's picking up meanness from everyone else and he's putting it on to Greg. Yes, he's yeah. the punching bag for them, for yeah. the family. And Greg is his punching bag. <laughs> yeah, when he gets bajaoed by Shiv. He comes and fucks Greg over. You can yeah. always see his meanness being a response to what has happened to him, like literally yeah. the scene before or whatever. Uh, yeah, and his to... his arc in season three is what sets up the final showdown, right? Like, yeah, uh, he's been exactly. trying so hard for. Uh, he genuinely loves Shiv, right? Like yeah. throughout this, uh, yeah, the show, and she is she has not given him anything. Like, she yeah. has nothing but contempt for him. Right? She he's just a tool. The uh, way he refers to that uh, open open marriage thing when he talks about it later on that island in the end of season yeah. two. Later, I hope I time. hope I'm less uh, sad without oh, you than I am with you. So he has yeah. both. Yeah. I wonder if the sad I'd be without you would be less than the sad I get from being with you. Yeah. yeah. It's like a heartbreaking line, but yeah. in the same literally same scene in that shot. In fact, he says, "Okay, on our yeah. wedding night." Shanghai into a into a open borders free fuck trade deal. It, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Who is referring to an open marriage as an open borders free fuck trade deal? Like the business jargon in the middle of this relationship thing. Yeah. yeah. In one scene, he manages to do both, and he hits both perfectly. Yeah, which I mean, all are capable of. But he is the one I think who really gets to exercise the range of that thing. Yeah, yeah, because so, yeah. there is also yeah there is the scene where they role play, which cuts too close to the bone. Right? Yeah, because uh, she <laughs> he's like okay, like how much of this is real? Is this exactly yeah. what she thinks yeah. about me? And you see that, uh, and he plays this so well, right? Uh, the close-ups on Matthew mm-hmm. McFadden's face. Yeah. Uh, where he sh- he shows the sadness every time mm-hmm. uh, every time Sarah Snook uh, cuts yeah. him off, let's say. Yeah, and you know that it's building up. He's been so loyal to her right through, and he's not got anything in return. Yeah. In fact, she she hides stuff from him right proactively yeah. right through the three uh, yeah. season. Not just on the personal side, she hides yeah. information yeah. that yeah, yeah. could be of use for him. She isn't looking out for him at all. Right? He uh, yeah, she's but... absolutely has no trouble with him being the one who will go to jail yeah. <laughs> until he goes and asks her, "Can you make sure I'm not the yeah. one?" <laughs> 
so yeah the build up to why he would eventually mm-hmm. uh, stab her in the back is totally yeah. justified right and, yeah. and totally well played you still don't Very see cool. it coming i, I don't i didn't yeah. see it coming in that scene i but, didn't see it coming if i had but, to guess and even now when yeah. i was watching if i had to guess i would have thought at the last second roman would refuse to stand with them and stand on the other side so yeah, they had already know. done that right they had already yeah. done that so there'll be a Repeat, which, not, the, not, it, not like the show has not repeated itself like we said ah, that is true that is true. also but uh, here's the other thing through the last couple of season at least shiv had tom who has flipped over uh, kendall took greg with him and went off yeah. greg also has flipped over and is standing on the other side and uh, roman has been like trying to get jerry to be his mentor or whatever whatever they are thinking yeah, whatever that is <laughs> whatever that is and yeah. uh, Uh, totally difficult to put a name on it but she also at some point as and she always knew as this but at some point she gave up she was genuinely trying to like help mold him into something useful <laughs> okay this is like pointless like let me just not even bother so all three of their quote unquote confidence confidence somebody that they would have counted as being on their side or could have yeah. been on their side all three of them have flipped over completely to the other side Yeah, Again, we say flipped over completely. I would not be surprised if uh, this episode, new episode of the next yeah, season, starts everything with, is uh, yeah, it, it reversed and whatever three months later and anything exactly. Like that. And that's that's my issue. That's and that goes back to the yeah. point you made about the show. At the end of the episode, they very easily reset uh, things, yeah. and at the end of seasons, they absolutely. could do it yeah, right could. you could have all three siblings bickering with each other again right at the start of the next season yeah, yeah. and you'll be back to doing exactly what you were doing and yeah, yeah and typically i've seen the first two or three episodes of uh, succession seasons tend to start off slowly yeah it's fine and the dialogue is crackling the acting is good so that's for me it is like i'm watching a comedy and this is like very good uh, acting yeah. comedy so it's fine that's that's my like you may not think what sticks and broadly yeah broadly i agree i, I don't really care where it's going yeah. really which is so i'm along for really the ride yeah. i'm along for the ride yeah, yeah. um uh, in fact uh, apparently this season starts with uh, what's his name logan's birthday which is uh, mirroring the first season it was his birthday in the first episode and oh the surprise party yeah yeah that's when he gets a stroke or whatever so this yeah. is again starting with his birthday so we are back in a full circle you want me to do a little history corner for 2 minutes armstrong is trying to hit when we are talking about one percenters and not having consequences uh, the entire kendall uh, killing that or being instrumental in killing in the death of that waiter yeah is uh, is a repeat of uh, what happened in chapakudik in the late uh, 60s if you have not heard the story i'll do a quick dodi's history corner go for, for it for today yeah. little lord fuckleroy's history corner <laughs> chapakudik is a place somewhere in whatever northeast it's one of those uh, rich people towns or whatever but basically it's called the chapakudik incident what happened is ted kennedy the younger brother of john f kennedy and robert kennedy was also in politics wanted to be something one night he was out he was in fact the senate majority whip or something 1969 i think just before 70 okay he was driving with some girl in the car they crashed he came out girl drowned he's gone back home changed everything next day they figure out it's his car so i don't know what he thought he was doing and hmm. nothing happened he got a two month suspended sentence for that girl having died in his car 
and he ran for politics everything it, it is known as the story that didn't get him that cost him the presidential runs because 72 he didn't run for president when everybody when he would have normally run 76 he didn't run 80 he tried to run for the democratic ticket but uh, carter or somebody beat him and became president or i don't know what happened but basically he never became president but it, it was on the line of like in the kennedy family in the whatever and this guy is basically kills upward it's not even wow. we are not even seeing like some imaginary thing this has literally happened more or less in the same way they were coming back from a party that girl round inside and Actually, then there are other suspicions around it also she was in the back seat some people are not it's not 100% clear what was happening this is a repeat of that they're just showing that rich people consequences these two don't really go together the idea of consequences and rich people doesn't really match even roman says no when which of us hasn't clipped it they are <laughs> yeah. it's almost a rite of passage which is very yeah. true so i think which, which by the way we have the stories in india as well without taking yeah. names here any interesting lines you want to bring up mm uh, well, we talked we spoke what sad i'd be without you which was actually a very powerful line in my opinion well there is the uh, there is the whole rap right uh, oh, yes. uh, what i love about that is not just the rap right so that is anyway like, the reactions yeah everybody <laughs> reacting and not knowing how to react and roman just being like is this really happening and at some point <laughs> either okay this is happening fine yeah. i fucking enjoy it and they're like Is he about to strip? Just remember he's going to masturbate on stage to a photo of dad. My boy Squiggle cooked up this beat for me. Check it. Born on the north bank, king of the east side, 50 years strong. Now he's rolling in a sick ride, handmade suits, rigging in loops. Five star general, your best oh, no. salute. Yo, bitches be no. happy, but the king is down. Right on the head of what I read it. It is burning my eyes, but I cannot look away. So I'm embarrassed for him, but also laughing at him. Like there's a lot going on in there. Yeah, uh, the show does a good job of reactions from people who are not technically in the scene or have a dialogue. What you were talking about earlier, yes. yeah, yeah. You say one line, but you're showing reactions from four different characters, yeah. all of whom are reacting differently, and yeah. you're just catching that one little bit of their. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I, I can't think of another show that does that as well as the show. There are, there, yeah, I mean, not in this, but for me, this started with Friday Night Lights. They pioneered this ah, style okay. of for uh, three. and i can say so they pioneered the style of having three handheld cameras in every shot okay and they would do the same scene two three times and sometimes the camera would like they yes, would give free yes. rein to the camera to do whatever got and it so you will find the camera suddenly going to someone's hand trembling or uh-huh. somebody like even things and the entire close up is on the hand of mm. the person who not the person who is talking but the person is reacting but they'll catch something in that movement so they would do like three four rounds of the scene and catch all sorts of different things and then cut it together so it started there well it's pretty But cool they do yeah. it really well here these guys really do a good job and especially this show runs on how do we get maximum number of people into one room and then yeah. have everybody fucking playing off each other right they, yeah, they yeah, enjoy yeah. creating those situations and then having all these energies competing which allows for many people to react to many things yeah that's that's true. that boat when they are trying to decide who should be uh, the sacrificial lamb that conversation that they have where everybody keeps like well i think you know frank uh, because uh, that frank said thank you thank you but uh, you know, if you, 
from my point of view because i already stabbed backstabbed you i would not look like that bigger anyway <laughs> yeah. so i think maybe somebody who is actually a loyal servant will feel like so everybody is like passing in this side that's yeah. they're all like fighting for their lives but it's lovely scene high levels of farce and galata going on yeah but lines oh. any particular line oh i definitely this one right which uh, greg's line during the deposition Gregory Hirsch, executive assistant to Tom Wamsgans, correct? Yes. <clears throat> yes, if, if it is to be said. I'm sorry. Uh if it is to be said, so it be so it is. Are, are you all right? Yes. <laughs> that one. By the way, Greg and that height and all of that. Yeah. For me is very reminiscent of uh, Jonah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But in the loop has one character like that so okay. both jesse armstrong and amanda unichi have taken their own uh, tall bumbling off into their yeah. uh, they, those are their versions of that yeah. uh, in this episode just as that wedding is happening the final episode uh, just as the mother's wedding is happening and she's walking into the chapel um shiv and roman and uh, uh, tom are standing next to each other and she was making fun of him are you going to go stop the wedding because you know like <laughs> you know, she's doing that whole edible thing Yeah. And she says, uh, "Hey, mm. Ross. Yeah. I have an idea. Mm-hmm. When they come past, you should tell mom that you love her." No, yeah, fuck off. No, how romantic would it be? Imagine that if you could marry mommy on her wedding day. Hey, yeah. More uh, telling reason they can't be married because she's the only one who makes her son's pee pee go bum bum. Mm-hmm. Most <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous thing to say. First of all, saying it itself is funny, but yeah. makes your PP go boom boom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Is, but to be honest, there are like ten lines like this in every episode, which you could write. Yeah, down. I think it's a it's an embarrassment of riches in that sense. If you had to start it counting is, lines, you could write lines in every episode. Absolutely, and and the. I think the specific subplots around uh, Roman sexuality are uh, probably require yeah. a thesis on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely, like <laughs> I don't know where all the shows goes with him. Yeah, uh, no, but even yeah. leaving out like leaving out uh, profanity and leaving out like sexual stuff also, the show oh, yeah. has been very great with certain kinds of like I was rewatching the episode yeah, yeah. where literally the second episode when he's in the when he's had the stroke and they're in the hospital and they're running around. Jerry comes and takes uh, Kendall into one side room and says, "We have set up a control room here. If anything happens, we need to be ready to announce stuff." And just today, he fired Frank, and he fired, uh, and he made um, Roman the CEO. And he says, "But there's no paperwork, right? So we we don't have to like we can say that his stroke started yeah. earlier in the day." And and uh, yeah. in typical Kendall Roy fashion, he says, "I mean, it's just words, right? And words are what complicated airflow." <laughs> Words are complicated. Airflow is such a amazing line. Yeah. And again, the way to think of how meaningless can you make something that, in theory, has meaning? <laughs> yeah. If you just refer to it as "yeah, it's some air came out my mouth." It's also very self-referential coming from this guy. Yeah, from him. <laughs> from him, everything is complicated. Airflow. Yeah. Fine. Let's get to our last segment: predictions. Predictions. Um, no, Logan's not going to die. Number one. Yeah, Lo- Logan's not going to die, and yeah. uh, Logan's going to remain. Either Logan's going to remain in control, or 
he's going to be uh, taken away to the gallows or something of that kind but the entire company has crumbled in the process and none of the kids has gotten a share of anything and in fact that's very possible the company crumbles and they go bankrupt and everything uh, goes out of everything goes to pot but logan doesn't die on screen or off screen i earlier would have gone with this mm-hmm. i would but now knowing that seras nook didn't realize the show had ended i'm tempted to think it's an ending which has a potential life goes on so i well, feel it's probably something like uh, what they were afraid of in this season or uh, gojo takes over one of those kinds of things that gojo but that's, takes over but that's my whole point right if you look at it that way season 3 ending is is very complete if yeah, you want to tend that's that's the whole thing so yeah, and yeah, similarly yeah. the company going bankrupt and going down in at the end of season 4 is complete or incomplete the way you want to yeah. it's very yeah, yeah, if sure. they wanted to it was something they could have yeah Very no, company, at least company things. going completely bust is has some poetic ending to it where you're talking about succession but there's nothing to succeed to. nothing to so succeed I, i like that as a poetic ending in you uh, yeah um, i do feel and uh, this is just this is how regular people watch a show right you which is what i was asking you earlier about do they want their dad's approval what is winning is it getting dad's approval is it getting the company which may or may not be intersecting at the same thing yeah. or is it winning for their character not for not for their conscious character but a win for that character is actually breaking free from their dad which mm. they don't realize they need to do i'm not talking about the uh, true yeah i'm saying from our perspective if if all three of them said fuck you to logan roy and left they're not going audience, to do that we, yeah yeah they're not going to but as an audience we could see that as a win ஒன்னும் possibility earlier that they could have killed off jeremy strong but i don't think that's happening either yeah, i don't I think, think anybody's dying it's going to be yeah. some this kind of like they think they're getting it but it side swipes yeah. into someone else maybe Or one he, of the side characters dies nah. cousin greg might die there'll be a... there's another possibility it's a bit out there cousin greg finishing <laughs> uh, his way to the top accidentally uh, some hazard nonsense uh, that's not going to happen no uh, i mean yeah uh, Uh, unlikely it would be uh, yeah it's too uh, it's too uh, it, that is too much of a comedy and that's a weep not this the, yeah. that's, that's only not becoming the president accidentally yeah if it has to be an outsider i hope it's tom ah tom that might I be can, that i can get behind yeah tom's actually a good one if tom makes it yeah it is both a succession within <laughs> the family but also outside the family where yeah. tom and tom gets to say fuck you to all of these people who've been like fucking around he won't uh, he'll he'll boss over them <laughs> i don't know it'll yeah. be fun to watch no that's yeah. what he will yeah he gets to be able to say that if he wants but he ah. gets to basically control them the way they yeah. can control them control them yeah and uh, that will be a good reversal for uh, saras nutten uh, and greg obviously makes it to a nice nice position greg is loyal loyal second man yeah Okay. So let's see 
what happens with succession we are pretty excited looking forward to sunday night i guess so monday morning for everybody by the way with the hbo uh, dropping out of hotstar um, not sure how our listeners in india will be watching succession uh, but yeah i hope that gets resolved soon nevertheless uh, super excited to get the show back any last thoughts nitin no nothing else i would just ask our listeners who have uh, not watched succession to fuck off yes and watch it fast before season 4 drops <laughs> at this point i don't think there's enough hours left to wait up no no there are enough hours there are only three seasons hours. and it's 10 10 9 if i'm not wrong so yeah yeah physically <laughs> possible <laughs> it really depends on when we are going to publish our episode well, but it's okay <laughs> but it's okay it's okay if the season started still go and watch the first three seasons yeah yeah and uh, binge very all the episodes show. together at the end of it yeah. <laughs> very enjoyable show and maybe we can revisit once the show is over as well let's see if any of our predictions came to if anything yeah. uh, uh, really changed did the show get some stakes we'll find out absolutely yeah thank you everyone for listening let us know what you think of uh, this episode let us know what you think of our show please tweet at us at your intermission on twitter and you could send us an email at youintermission@gmail.com that's it from nitin and me signing off see you that's... hopefully in a couple of weeks yeah if it is to be said so it be so it is <laughs> little lord fuckleroy signing off little lord fuckleroy has left the call meeting over fuck off Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. Oh, fuck off. Fuck off. Just fuck off. Fuck off, thanks. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. How about you fuck off? You fuck off. If you can't do it, fuck off. What are you waiting for? A kiss? Fuck off. Be gone. Bye-bye.